looking at her again, and they exchanged a smile. The next hour passed too quickly for all of them, and at 12.30 Jean-Philippe reminded them all to wrap up. The witching hour had come, and like 7,000 Cinderella's, it was time to leave the ball. The white garbage bags came out, and what needed to be was thrown away. The rest they put back in their caddies, the silverware, the vases, the glasses, the remaining wine and food. Within minutes, all the accessories had disappeared. The tablecloths, tables, and chairs were folded. The lines of elegant tables had vanished, and 7,000 people dressed in white quietly left the square in front of Notre Dame with a last glance over their shoulders to where the magic had taken place. Chantal thought about the beautiful lanterns again, burning their way gently through the sky and she saw that the table of people that had brought them had already left. The lanterns had vanished from the sky by then, carried by the wind to where others would see them and wonder from where they had come. Jean-Philippe asked around to make sure everyone could get home. Chantal was planning to take a cab. Darham had offered to take Benedetta back to the hotel since they were staying at the same one, and the others all had rides too. Jean-Philippe promised to call Chantal in the morning and arrange to meet for lunch and she thanked him for another unforgettable evening. The white dinner was her favorite day of the year, and everyone else's who was lucky enough to come. And with the beautiful paper lanterns soaring up into the sky, she thought this had been the most magical one of all. I had a wonderful time, Chantal said to Jean-Philippe as she kissed him goodbye. He helped her into a cab with her caddy and table and chairs and asked the driver to assist her when she got home. So did I, Jean-Philippe said, beaming at her, as Valerie waved while she loaded up their car. Darham and Benedetta were just getting into a taxi to go back to the Georges Sank, and the others were heading for cabs and cars in the nearest metro station. It was an orderly unraveling of what had been a perfectly orchestrated event. See you tomorrow, he called after Chantal as her taxi drove away and she waved from the window. And suddenly Chantal wondered if her wish would come true. She hoped it would. But even if it didn't, the evening had been flawless and unforgettable. And she smiled all the way home. Gregorio got to the hospital just before 10 p.m., and Anya had already been admitted to a room in the maternity ward. She was being examined by two doctors when he walked into a room. She was lying on the bed sobbing and reached her arms out to him immediately. She was in mild labor, and she hadn't started dilating, but the contractions were consistent and strong, and the IV of magnesium they had started an hour before hadn't stopped them. Their concern was that the babies were still too small and too undeveloped to be born. Both doctors agreed that there was only a very small chance of saving them if she delivered them now, because of the stage of gestation and the fact that they were even smaller than usual because they were twins and Anya was hysterical after what they said. Our babies are going to die, she wailed as Gregorio held her in his arms. This was not the scenario he had wanted to be involved in. He had hoped everything would go smoothly at the appropriate time, and he could make a gracious exit from her life with financial support for her and the twins. The obstetrician had been candid with them that the babies were likely to die or be damaged, and he would have to deal with a possible tragedy, not just an unwanted birth. And he was worried about his wife, too. He couldn't leave Anya for long enough to call Benedetta and reassure her. He could just imagine the state she was in. 
She had been patient with his indiscretions before, but this time was infinitely more upsetting. The contraction slowed for a little while, then picked up at midnight and got stronger again, and then she started dilating. They had given her an IV of steroids to try and increase the baby's lung capacity if they were born, but it was too early, and at four o'clock in the morning, they told them it was unlikely that her labor could be stopped. A special neonatal team was brought in while she was closely monitored and labor began in earnest. But instead of the joy of anticipation normally associated with a birth, there was a sense of dread and resignation in the room. Whatever happened now, they all knew it wouldn't be good. The only questions were just how bad it would be and if the twins would survive. Anya was terrified and screamed with every pain. They gave her no drugs to ease the contractions so as not to risk the babies further, but eventually they gave her an epidural to lessen the pain, and to Gregorio it all looked fierce.